Greetings, valued poll listeners, and welcome to episode 87 of the Poll List Podcast, a bi-weekly show about comics, pop culture, and faith. My name is Chris Poirier, and with me, as always, is the one, the only, he told me to replace true believers with valued poll listeners, Hexor. Yeah, but you're doing the listeners? I was just like, poll listeners. listeners. <sighs> don't, yeah. don't do that to me. I enunciate. <laughs> What's it? The line uh, in the show Boondocks. Um, <laughs> certain types of people say the whole word <laughs> with all the syllables. The um, Ohio State. Oh, sorry. It's something different. Um, yeah. But hi. We like you. We're glad you're here. Yeah. And you are all our valued listeners. And we want to honor you going forward. So there, it only took us five years to update the intro, but boom. <laughs> uh, oh. Remember when we used to just handwrite this thing and mail it to people? It was great. <laughs> it was great. It was wonderful. Uh, well, I guess it means we got to do this one more time, folks. So strap yourselves in or prepare yourselves for We've Got Comic Sign. Uh, gotta put the word out. Can't wait for the nerd. Checks for my expansion sets. They call me Obi Wan. Act like you know me, son. On today's, ooh, I, I was gonna say, I was, hmm? I was gonna say we should have like next season do one book that we're gonna stop reading and, <laughs> and call it bagged and bored. Ooh. What what happens if it's good enough that we pick it back up? Then then it comes out of the it comes out of the long box, comes out of the closet, comes yeah. out of the drawer. What we crack the plastic. Mm. All right, writing that down. Segments for next year. <laughs> um, but yes, today is the wrap up of our spring ish season. We go on breaks for the summer with the LTN podcast network and all that stuff. Hector and I. Well, we we could do be crazy and do our own thing here and there, but we probably won't because summer be cray cray that way, but I, I'm gone all of June. Yeah. See, so, yeah. you know, shows camps, Hector does all the things. I, I have six weddings in the summer, Woo! three major cons plus some minor cons. And then I'm speaking at four camps. Yeah, so, no, that's, yeah. that's, that's some good stuff. So we're going to wrap up uh, this little, segment with well basically the usual of the stuff that has been ooh, it's pretty um the best things from the last couple weeks uh some news to set you up for the rest of the summer which i tried to give us kind of a look at some of the stuff that's coming summer fall and we're going to talk about our fave number ones and yeah it's going to be a it's going to be a good show. I, I have a good feeling about this. Uh, so, yeah, this is the Polis Podcast. Sassy jazz, instrumental music. It probably doesn't anymore. Maybe it's just you saying that, and now Matt's just putting quotations in the video again that we no, have to what, go back and see. What needs to happen is, like, uh, we need to auto-tune me saying... Sassy jazz. <laughs> and use that for <laughs> give me uh, get me full T pain levels. Sassy jazz. Right, there it is. Um so jumping into some of the news, some of the news that I received anyway is uh diamond related. So that's probably not shocking to 
literally anyone that listens to our show or knows anything about comic book retail in general. But this one's a little different because it's technically not their fault. But how they're going to figure it out, maybe it doesn't matter. Um, a majority of Marvel and IDW books from their Plattsburgh warehouse mm, yeah. was completely destroyed in an accident. And so basically, if your store is being serviced by the Plattsburgh warehouse, you're not getting Marvel or IDW the day you hear this show. So yeah. I am speaking to you from the past into the future about a thing that is happening now, but later now. And we're creating a paradox, so you're never going to hear this show anyway. Right. And once the loop completes, it will erase itself, and you, if you hear the show, then you know that you are part of the correct timeline. That's not creepy. Good luck figuring <laughs> that out. Um, but yeah, so here's, here's the thing that's even more fun. Uh, I don't know if you heard that from any of your stores. I know that we were serviced by Olive Branch um, when I was in North Carolina, but my shop here, for some reason, is being serviced by Plattsburgh, even though Olive Branch is literally two hours from here. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's officially being serviced, but uh, Dragon's Lair, which is my local shop, um, did send out that warning that that was a thing. So I think some of what may happen is that to try to cover a lot of that, they're probably going to move stuff around and everything. And there's a lot of big shops in New York, so I'm willing to bet. It may be servicing bigger clients, et cetera. Can't tell you. They, they, they probably won't say that part out loud, but if I had to bet. Um, your books may not be coming from those people, but they're going to take your books to serve the people that give them more money. Yep. Yeah. Capitalism. Uh, so, yeah, if you don't find new Marvel R.I.D.W. books when you hear this podcast, the right timeline, um, that's what happened. And there are rumors that once they service all of the accounts and everything that they can, they may go back to print if it is that significant or they may not. So there could be interesting ramifications for that. Like I do believe now I need to take a moment. I should have looked this up beforehand. See, I should have done it before. Um, Amazing Spider-Man. Cause I'm also going to talk about this. 27, 26, 26. Okay. Um, Nope, August 30th. So that one's not impacted. That one comes much Oh, that would be late. terrible if it did. That that one's much... Wow, it's that late? Oh, yeah, because 25 must be the one that's coming. But why would they advertise it this early? Like, Marvel's See, We're, we're going to talk about that. Save it for the podcast. That's also... Way, <laughs> if you hear the news segment about Frank Miller doing Archie Comics, you're still in the wrong timeline. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the right timeline. This is not the right um, timeline. So, yeah, lots of crazy stuff going on there. But, yeah, I guess, well, it's the next thing in my news anyway. So, yes, we'll talk about it now. But Amazing Spider-Man has lots of stuffs going on. 25 and 26 are speculated to be speculator books, but Marvel speculating on their speculation has ruined it for basically everyone um, in their open solicitations. And so I need to say right now, for the matter of this conversation, if you give any cares about a lot of characters in the Marvel universe or what's going on in ASM currently. This is the part of the show you skip for the next three or, to five oh, hold minutes. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Marvel has literally already advertised this on all their socials. I know, but if so they're if, not if, paying if, attention. If you cared about any of this warned. stuff, it's in your feed already. Okay, that's fair. So, 
Uh, major Marvel character is going to die. Uh, spoiler, not spoiler, as Hector pointed out, because Marvel literally has told the entire world that Miss Marvel is going to die in ASM 26. And there's they, already like a morning Facebook page and things set up for it. It's just like so th- they they pulled a DC wedding, far as I'm concerned, on this one. Mm. And because there's they solicited a second print before anyone knew why. And then in that solicitation said why. Um, a one in 25 variant, a one in 50 variant and all around that, around the fact that Miss Marvel is going to die. Um, and the entire comic book world went, thanks. Good luck. I'm like, why, why do that? Why advertise two months out and just like straight up tell your readers you're killing this character other than the fact that you're like saying, okay, we're going to buy this just because you're killing this character. And it's not like this character is going to be dead long. Uh, they have a right. major motion picture coming out. Right. No. And that's all the things is like, that's even the other comment a lot of people made. It's like, well, clearly we don't have to worry too much about this death because yeah. (laughs) Um, The one thing I did here, just literally standing in my shop on um, Wednesday was like one guy was just like, listen, they're only going to kill her long enough that when they bring her back, her powers match what's in the movie. Because right now her powers are nothing like what's in the movie. Right, because right they changed the context of how her power works entirely um it's a good point and that she could, when she gets air quotes resurrected maybe she'll get resurrected by captain marvel's powers and then that's where the tie comes in yeah then it be, then it can be she can and then she can probably do the same thing that in the show of it becomes a familial line thing that can be transferred and all that good stuff. So maybe right. it even sets up the next one. Um, Cause yeah, well, there you go. Comic books. It happens. Um, speculators. Uh, here, here's Mound a lesson. Up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> here's the thing that we talked about last time is because we know this is happening now. Don't buy that book or those variants in the first two weeks. It's out. <laughs> wait a solid three weeks and those books will be very affordable unless you just are buying it for your general reading pleasure oh for sure sure sure. if you're buying it for speculation purposes just don't do that just don't do that that's that's bad um so yeah i when i saw that i was like wow um zero chill on that one i suppose no chill whatsoever um i don't know i I slowly am losing a lot of faith in the big two in terms of how they do these types of things. Like they used to be clever about it and now it's not even clever. It's just, are you even trying? (laughs) So, oh, well, what's that movie? John dies in the end or something (laughs) like that. It's that nailed it. Um, so on the note of the big two doing random things, um, this summer, Nick Fury turned 60. So Marvel's been doing a lot of 50th anniversary, 80th anniversary, 75th anniversary, you know, insert all of the anniversaries that you that are fit, fit to print. Um, so Nick Fury is going to have I think it's a mini technically, um, but 60th anniversary going to have Nick Fury Sr., Nick Fury Jr., and they're going to have Fury Adventures together. There's a junior. Apparently, or I don't know if that is an introduction in this sense. I, but I was like just saying in my wealth of knowledge, I've not heard of a junior. Yeah. And we're, I'm also like, you're, you're also going to address the issue that Nick Fury went from being a 
Hasselhoff to Jackson. Right, the Hasselhoff to Jackson, right. Um, that's that's a great way to put that. I dig that. Um, and they have all the different Furies like on the cover of the new number one. So yeah, it's like um I patch Hasselhoff and then the Strenko um middler where Nick Fury looks more like a member of the Fantastic Four than he does either thing. And then yeah, Samuel L. Jackson. Um so lots of crazy, wacky shield and fury stories are coming our way. And I think it's August that you're going to see all of those books kind of find their way to yourself. So if that's something you're interested in kind of the history of, or where it currently is, or the fact that you just haven't heard the word shield in like forever, and you're feeling really sad about it. Um, it just made a resurgence in, um, mm-hmm. uh, Fantastic Four as well, but carry on. Yes. Um, I didn't pull that news point, but since we're here, we can take the slight rabbit aside of the... But as someone pointed out, not only did S.H.I.E.L.D. make a resurgence, but it sounds kind of villainy in the way that it was presented as opposed to the good version. So... It sounds super clandestine. Right. So... Um, but knowing that like secret invasion is on its way and everything, everyone speaking about putting random things into comic books because of things that are going to show up on the screen in the next couple months. Uh, there you go. Um, I feel exhausted in advance for the setup of what Marvel's going to have to do with the TV show for secret invasion. Yep. Yep. I mean, I'm going to watch it and it's going to be good, but I'm like, it's a whole rigmarole to get to that point because like for those of who us who have lived through secret invasion as a comic, series like the original yeah it was a thing and you know now it's another thing yeah it now it's another thing but i think this the random rumor that's out there and i'll just plant this seed for you for all of you for your summer enjoyment is that the the rumor is because this is how secret invasion should play out is an avenger we have known for the last 20 plus movies probably was a scroll through all the movies all of them well it has to be iron man i haven't heard which way they're going with it but just just know that stuff can be crazy because we we've been introduced to these to these aliens and what they're capable of ready ready pull this podcast episode 87 here it is here's the you can go back to this and we can clip this moment for future (laughs) uh tony stark died in the suv blast in iron man one and a scroll took his place in the desert and everything forward has been that that'd be so wild that'd be so wild but i don't think that's functional because i think he would have reverted to a scroll after he died but you know whatever right in end game right does that work that way i don't know i don't know well well they'll give us 30 minutes of movie explaining it either way (laughs) so yeah it's coming um bouncing on over to our other favorite big two dc i have to talk about this because every summer that i see this happen i cringe and i go why did i just spend ten dollars on this is it a Um, new summer mini yes and it's the swimsuit again no man yes so did did you buy this are you playing no 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 no. it's it's coming out um it's it's in our future but the dc swimsuit issue is back um this summer uh you're all welcome i guess um 
some of the early art, they're like, this is basically our 1990s homage to um, super sculpted people in very small bikinis and and swimwear. And it's like, okay, whatever makes you feel better. But you just did a DC Universe swimsuit issue. But here's the best part. And this is either going to be like right in your wheelhouse, Hector, or both of us are just going to be like, cool, that was the news. Um, And I need to make sure I say this right, but... Are you familiar with the Green Lantern um, Nort? Gnort. Yeah. 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 So he, he's on the cover in a pair of trunks, fluffed out because he's a dog, basically, right? And they're like trying to dry him off because he was in the pool too much. And the story is going to be entirely, mostly centered on him. Oh, I've seen that image. Okay. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, now you have the context for it. That is the DC see, swim, summer that, swimsuit. That issue. feels better to me than what I was thinking. Do not so. go see the rest of the solicitation for it because Selena Kyle. That's all I'm saying. Jinkies. Yep. And one somewhat clever Batman picture. They have a picture of him like reading a Vanity Fair that has like the bottom half of the cowl and he's putting it over his face where his normal face would be. And it's like, ah, it's funny. Stop it. Um, that book is totally going to cost $9.99 or more. Um, and like all of the special DC ones, I end up buying them so that I can decide whether I should talk about it here or not. And I don't think I've ever included one. <laughs> none of the Halloween's, none of the Valentine's Day. I can definitely say the summer one last year was not on my list. No, but I think we read it and you're all welcome. Hector and I take the pain for you. Sometimes. Um, but this one we're telling about telling about in advance, so you can decide whether you want to do that to yourself or not. But the last bit of news I have is probably for you, Hector, because um, I did not hear about this. Um, but Sean Murphy had a Indiegogo or you know off-brand Kickstarter book called Plot Holes. This apparently was about a year ago. Um. It has a 2022 date, and, but later this year in August, like a lot of projects where folks went off and did their own Kickstarter or self-published project or everything, it is coming into print for regular solicitation in comics. So Sean Murphy, um, outside of the typical Murphy verse, like entirely, this seems like his joint, which I guess technically still is the Murphy verse because it's him. <laughs> the fact that Jason's the first Robin because he forgot to write the correct thing down yeah so the concept of plot holes as i was reading through this i was like i'll read this book is about a series of superheroes that it's a team that has the ability to transcend time space etc to travel into movie stories etc and to fix the plot holes (laughs) in different stories by either eliminating certain problems or making sure that the correct ones occur Dude, if the team is not called retcon, I don't want it. Oh, hold on. Well, I think the whole concept is that they're they're plot holes, but I actually I really dig that. I want to see real quick if I like the that. team name that does it should be yeah, called yeah. retcon. That would come be so on, guys. Good. It's did you even try? Did you try? All right, I'm going to read the solicitation then. Uh, The plot holes are a squad of fictional warriors who transport themselves into the pages of other books using their unique skills to save the plots in order to stop them from being destroyed. And Cliff is their newest recruit. His last name better be Hanger. Um, Is the newest recruit. Um, 
a comic creator who's just realized his world isn't real. So I guess this also falls into crossover territory. Yeah. Um, by the sounds of it, but here we are. Um, yeah, because he's like, oh, I live in a novel. So yeah, it's it's crossover, but it's Murphy verse, and it's the people that are actually here to fix it. So yeah, there you go. The plot holes fight to fix as many books as they can. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, sorry, Sean, really dig your stuff, but how about new? Mm. Well, I tried. Um, well, I feel like we've milked the Murphy verse so deeply beyond its health that like you telling me a Sean Murphy thing is not exactly appealing right now because after the <laughs> Harley Quinn book, after the Batman Beyond book, now that we're getting this other stuff, I'm like, dude, we could have stopped at the first one <laughs> and it'd been an eternal masterpiece. We could have even called it a day after the second one. <laughs> stop. But stop. Take a different world, take a different character, do something else, but leave Batman alone, my guy. <laughs> this is coming from a guy that really, 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 really liked Sean Murphy when this started. I did. I do. I love those. I love the first book. I feel like the second book was also good. I feel like everything after that, we've been losing uh, integrity. Yeah, I don't don't think you're wrong. I think we started taking a divergence somewhere around there. Um, But yeah. That is that's I don't know if you had any other news that was sitting like in front of you that absolutely has to be talked about because no, no, I feel like that's the stuff. There's there's lots of shows and other things coming up this summer. So just, you know, be prepared to watch a bunch of comic book stuff. And by the time we get back, we might have things to say about it. Um, That is true. That is true. So definitely. Yeah, it's going to happen. Hector's going to watch all of it four times before I see it the first time. And Accurate. that fact will always remain true. So that's what you need to know. That's our biweekly look at the industry and delivering to you the insider knowledge. Uh, as always, you can join in the conversation with us on the Love Thy Nerd Facebook or the Love Thy Nerd Discord in the comic book channels. Uh, we are usually out there hanging out. And you can come along this wonderful nerdy adventure with us. Or Todd. Uh, or Todd. Job because than we do. <laughs> Todd has lots of opinions and he's pretty good with the technologies and he's there. We're just going to bring Todd on full time for the next season anyway. Yeah, Todd, so. guess what? You've been hired. No, it doesn't pay. But welcome to the club. <laughs> uh, it's all good. Um, so, yeah, tell us what you liked, what you hated, or possibly even what we missed because we probably did. There's only two of us. Three if we count the new intern, Todd. We just talked about him. Um, <laughs> who's, who's both our seniors right. <laughs> it's like that delightful Robert De Niro in Anne, Hesh, Anne Hathaway movie you are listening to the Pull List Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Mira hey fam this is Hector Mirai and you're listening to Faith and Vandom 180 on LTN Radio so I'm playing Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and so are my daughters. And we all started about the same time and we're all kind of like, you know, tap dancing around each other as far as gameplay and where we are in the game, etc., etc. I got to jump on my kids because there was a midnight release and so <laughs> I can do what I want and they got to go to school. So I spent after the midnight release 
playing the game for like about six and a half hours before they got a chance to touch it. So I had a little bit more wisdom. Now on the flip side, out of that six hours I played, I spent an hour and a half of it lost because I went the wrong way and I tried to force it and make it on my own. So I gained some wisdom in the subject. And uh, so as my kids were progressing in the game and they're getting in that same spot and say, hey, listen, make sure you go here instead of here because I did this and it went wrong and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, they kind of listened and my 10 year old was like, thank you. And my 15 year old was like grumbling at me for kind of giving her directions. Like she was kind of ignoring me as I was trying to help. Then we got a little bit further in the game and uh, there comes to a point where you have to go to a place called the Rito Village. And it's kind of hard to get to. And so before they even really got on their journey there, I said, hey, let me tell you what to do to get here. And my 15 year old said, stop. Don't tell me what to do. Let me struggle first, then I'll come to you. And it, I was like, okay, fine. You're an independent woman. Um, but the reality is most of the time we want to do things our way and only show up to God when things don't go the way we want them to. I'm not God in this or anything, but like, it just reminded me that we do that. We, we would rather kind of suffer than actually trust God's path for us. But Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and depend not on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. I left my daughter alone to make her own choices, but you know what? 12 hours later, she was hitting me up and say, all right, where do I go? I'm just grateful to know that God's going to be there whenever I actually stop being stubborn and ask for help. If you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head on over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcast, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. You are listening to The Pull List Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Mirai. I guess that means we should give the people what they want and talk about our last set of books, at least for this iteration, uh, looking over the list, I want you to fully comprehend what you've done, Hector. What did I do? There are three Marvel books on your list. Not the spoil, not the spoil. Hold on. Shut your mouth. (laughs) Yeah, I did. Look at there. And no indies. Um, uh don't worry i got you boo um <laughs> yeah i have three marvel books yeah look at that um and dc's cranking out you know basically their continuity change again so we've got plenty to talk about there so yeah uh set set us up tell, tell us what you got what you got all right well i'm gonna start with uh um my not marvel ones since those are the chunky dunkers there um <laughs> i guess i only have one that's not the marvel in that capacity uh batman brave and the bold number one um and i'll say this uh this is an anthology book um i prefer uh, batman brave and the bold when it's a continual buddy story mm-hmm. like some batman and somebody else or something like it. this is not that this is a rant hold on yes 
This is a random <laughs> DC uh, B side compilation labeled Batman Brave or labeled and it even says Batman Brave and Bold. It's labeled Batman Brave and the Bold. Uh, Batman's in this book twice out of like five stories. What? Yeah. There's like there's five stories. Hold on, let me double check my math here. Um, one, two, three, four. Can it okay. truly be Brave and the Bold if he's not in it? There are four stories. I'm sorry. There are four stories in this book. Batman's in two of them. Okay. Um, and they're not buddy team up stories. This literally is just a random DC uh, anthology book. Um, and so I repeat, is it really the Brave and the Bold then? You're going to get to the part where there's something good about this, right? Yeah, I am. <laughs> uh, and it's not going to be a surprise either when I get okay, there. Fair enough. Um, so one of the stories is a future Batman story, like a, a futuristic version of Batman meeting a futuristic Jason and uh, Richard. So it's just a futuristic retelling of Batman. Another one is a very mystical uh, Superman story. And if the concept of Brave and the Bold is that it's a team up, he teams up with Lois. Okay. Um, and then we get a Stormwatch team up uh, where they actually form a team and the character we're following is Ghostmaker's old sidekick that's disgraced. So someone we don't really know right. teaming up with other people we don't really know to tell a story you probably won't be invested in. So is everyone that is either Ghostmaker or attached to Ghostmaker just have a really, really bad go at it? Because isn't that his story? Yes. <laughs> that he was a disgraced... Okay, just checking. But he was Ghostmaker's disgraced sidekick. Yes, but isn't Ghostmaker's like origin kind of a disgraced existence as well? Yes. From what I remember? Yeah, yeah. that's where I'm going right. with that. So um, the reason why this made my list... Uh, because if it was for the latter three stories, this would be on the bottom of my pile. Because um, I did not enjoy the Stormwatch story. The Superman and Lois story felt just wasted after actually reading Superman, the new one. Um, and the Batman futuristic was not that. Um, why this makes the list is because this gives you a Tom King and Mitch Gerard's Joker story. Ooh. Um, and it's the kind that makes you uncomfortable to read it. Ooh. Um, yep. uh, there's this whole thing of Batman uh, tracking down somebody that's lost and scared and yada, yada. And there's this whole thing of Bruce Wayne at a party, yada, yada, yada. Skip all that. Um, <laughs> that that's happening. Keep reading. But why this is important is in the middle of all this Batman thickness, a little girl is lost in the rain and she sits down on a bench beside the Joker. And he proceeds to say some of the most creepy and terrifying things to her. And then they go to an abandoned house and play hide and seek together. And everything he's saying is going to make you more and more uncomfortable. And then eventually the Joker shows up at her house to meet her parents. Uh, and I'll, I'm not going to say anything else, but here's what the back of the book is, says. I have a knife, but you can't have that yet. Yeah. So, Merry Christmas. God bless you and your family. And <laughs> um, here's the first picture you see of her with the Joker in the rain. Yo. Uh, 
so just for the, just for the like eight pages of Mitch Gerard and Tom King Joker, this book is worth reading. Um, is it worth reading at eight dollars? <laughs> no. Oof. No, it's Oof. not. Um, is it worth reading? It's a Batman Brave and the Bold number one. No, this is a lie. This is not a Batman Brave and the Bold book by any means whatsoever. Yeah, I'm not buying it. And so that's that. But the Joker story saved its place. Um, on the flip side, did you read the new Fantastic Four? I did not. Okay, this is maybe the best one in the series so far. Ooh, well, that means that they just keep putting out new, new and better ones. Which, um, so at the end or the previous couple issues, uh, they the Fantastic Four traveled to a zone as a trap and brought back a bacteria that was going to eventually eat the world and it was going to be their fault. Okay. Um, it was, it was a setup to cause them to be the end of the world. Um, so in the last issue, they came up with a plan where, uh, Sue was going to use her shielding powers to block out the sun for 24 hours. And that would cause the bacteria to die. Okay. And uh, they went through this whole extraneous process. She was hurting herself. It was damaging and climactic and everything. Um, but all of a sudden, Maria Hill now has a problem with the fact that uh, Sue Storm seemingly now can do cataclysmic earth shattering events and doesn't trust her. And so the end of the previous issue ends with Maria Hill and her CIA task force, which is not the shield um, hunting down the fantastic four. Mm. Um, that's the end of it. So this issue, uh, the fantastic four goes to a cabin in the woods to hide away, to get uh, safely from the government and a, the most articulate, well-written introduction to Dr. Doom I've ever seen. Hmm. Um, because like, that's literally the most like super dramatic way of trying to do things. So, uh, a, while they're in this cabin, a ghost of an old woman starts stealing letters from people's ability to speak. Like, there are words that Reed Richards can no longer say and think or remember. Yeah. And so they start slowly losing their ability to speak because they can't say words because letters are literally missing from their brain function. Wow. And that's, it's like, that's dramatic. That's oddly specific. <laughs> and so by the time that's left, the only letters that exist in their brain are O, D, and M. <laughs> and then literally they become frozen in stillness and Dr. Doom appears playing a piano. He's like, I wanted the only words and the only thing you could truly think of to be my name. And he's like dawdling at the piano menacingly while he's completely ravaged the team. And he goes on to tell them, he's like, look, you have all have been so freaking stupid for the last couple years that I figured this had to be a ploy. This had to be a plot. There's no way you're actually this dumb. And I was waiting to see what you were up to, but it appears you actually are this dumb. And I'm annoyed at you that you put my goddaughter's life at risk. Um, because if you forget that one of their kids, uh, 
is actually Dr. Doom's goddaughter, Valeria, something I didn't know. Um, but there is a Valeria that's in the uh, Fantastic Four family. And somewhere in the history of Marvel, Dr. Doom became his her godfather. And so he's like, you put my goddaughter at risk. How dare you? And he's like, I'm going to do what you never could. And he said, I'm going to save those kids from space and time in a way you couldn't. And so for this entire issue, Dr. Doom tries to figure out a way to time travel to save the kids that are stuck being hoisted through space and time for a year. Um, And then what you get is the what if episode with Dr. Strange, but with Dr. Doom. Hmm. But the entire time he's providing commentary about how this isn't right. That why is none of his schemes working? Um, Because he's smarter than everyone else. And so it's him. He's like, the only way this plays out is that there's a God and I refuse to believe that. And so you have that conversation. Um, And so at the end, he ends up coming to a place where he realized every attempt he makes fails and he's only making things worse. And so the only way to stop him from making things worse is to defeat himself. Interesting. So he time travels and defeats himself and makes it look like Sue Storm did it. But the entire thing is probably the best Doctor Doom issue of comics I've read. Hands down. Wow. Um, so it is very derivative of the Marvel What If Doctor Strange issue. But... uh. It's definitely worth reading. You don't have to know a lot. You don't even have to pick up the other issues. But if you know that the Fantastic Four screwed the pooch and there's a whole city block of New York that's in space for a year, um, there you go. Um, so there's that <laughs> one. Doot and doot and do. Uh, Daredevil, which feels surprisingly thin and like it should have been the tag on to another book because out yeah. of the Daredevil story... Um, oh, right, because it had the... Plus a guest starring story. Yeah, so like out of this divide, this much is Daredevil. The rest is Iron Fist. Um, Good point. And so I feel like they didn't have enough to actually fill this out, so they went with something else. This makes my list because, uh, again, at least we're shifting gears and we get this thing, but we finally get to see Matt Murdock uh, take on the Stromwins, which have been... Right, a thorn in his flesh. He's stolen billions of dollars from them. They out muscled the kingpin, all this stuff. Yeah, they've and been around for a hot minute. They've they're like four years deep at least. I feel like in this story, um, probably since we've been telling you all to be reading Daredevil. Not quite that long, but Almost. long. Um, I'll say this: uh, it's a good conclusion to where they've been. Um, it changes the game, and you see Matt Murdock be more violent than we've probably seen him. Um, and it gets traumatic killing. Yeah. And that's debatable. Um, (laughs) if that was functional, um, but I'll leave out plot points, but if you enjoy daredevil and you enjoy him being a very aggressive version of himself, here you go. There's that. And, uh, she Hulk, uh, she Hulk. I've been reading consistently, uh, for the past 13 issues. And there have been times it 100% deserves to be at the top of the list, and there are times it doesn't. Um, This is one of those times. And for the past hot minute, uh, Jennifer Walters has been 
she's dealing with a boyfriend of Jack of Hearts. That's this whole tragic mixed up story. But uh, she starts getting her butt kicked by a charming bad guy. And then it starts becoming a thing of where they actually, she is kind of looking forward to running into this guy and they develop some weird relationship with that. And to the point that this guy just walks by out of costume while she's having a tea party with Patsy Walker. And uh, he says, listen, I just want you to go walk in the park with me. I want to talk to you. So this villain that's kicked her butt repetitively, that's outsmarted the fantastic four um, that's done all this stuff. He's just like, look, I want us to be something. Um, he's like, I'm going to be done with this case that you keep trying to catch me on real soon. And I want us to be a thing. So this villain like spits his best game at her. And, um, he calls himself the scoundrel. (laughs) And, um, she says, uh, people actually call you the scoundrel. He says, I ask them nicely and I'm very convincing. (laughs) (laughs) And I honestly, I enjoyed this because of him more than anything else. That's right. And uh, he was a nice little addition. It's good to see her off her game with this, etc. So fun. What et you got, etc. Well, I'm going to transition into my polls in a similarly that happened moment. So, are you still reading Superman? I am reading Superman. Right. So you probably know where this setup is going then. Um, Superman number four, uh, Williamson's run here continues to make me want to continue to read Superman. And apparently I will say this is the weakest link in the four issues so far, but that's not a bad thing. And I'm including this mostly because I caught up on three and four here and that, but it still has my attention. It hasn't dropped me off yet, but they're, I'd probably say to your point, they're dangerously close, but the fact that I've read more than two Superman books at the beginning of a renumber um, says a lot. It's an achievement. If this, if this was Guitar Hero, you're right in the middle. Yeah, and apparently most of you are the same because I hear my shop owner going, yeah, I don't get it. People are reading Superman again. Um, and it's weird because unlike Batman, Superman just – Like everybody knows who Superman is, but people don't typically consistently read Superman in comparison to Batman. It just hasn't been that Mm -hmm. way. Um, Even though, you know, many would argue that this is where we started, right? Um, Art continues to be really good. Williamson is continuing to spin this really great story of Luther and Superman going back and forth, playing off each other, where Luther is back on this whole thing of, no, I'm really a good guy. Trust me, believe me, I do the things. You, you hear a little bit of Luther's like backstory, at least in this current continuity of where he was like, no, I, I really tried to help Metropolis. And I didn't appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, no, I was also I was also like, I, I, I kind of just still don't believe it, but fine, whatever. Um, and Superman obviously like is there the whole time like. And you got to watch the video to get that one. So um, but um it's fun. I I think that's why I'm still engaged is Superman generally isn't fun. It's either too gimmicky or it's too lovey dovey. Like they overfocus on um Lois and Kent type stuff and this and well that and the villains in Superman space tend to I don't know. They're either overplayed or over dramatic, so that's why it just doesn't play as well for me as Batman has, but this is keeping my attention still, but 
the thing that probably made you groan is the thing that I'm like, okay, that's funny. And it's because it's old school. Funny is towards the end of this thing, we get another glimpse of Jimmy Olsen who is supposed to be, you know, the comedic relief, et cetera. That's like his purpose in most of Superman stuff. And silver Banshee's like rolling around, like screaming at people and busting stuff up. And Superman's like, cool. Got to go deal with this. And Jimmy's like, no, I loves her. And the bottom transition on the last page, because usually it's where you get the to be continued question mark or the end in comics. You get go. What now to be continued in? So I fell in love with a super villain. You're welcome. It definitely had old vibes. Yes. Yeah. No, that like I, I'm almost there on that because I'm still reading it. And that's just that's old school. And that's fun. Um, they probably run a really high likelihood of screwing it up in the next issue. <laughs> um, but we'll see. Well, cause you I'm know what? Pick it up. They, that parasite stuff was on the verge too at first, but then they pulled that off really well. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see. You're on notice. Williamson. He Williamson has like lately truly been a voice in comics period that I feel mm-hmm. like is trustworthy. Now, sometimes oh, for sure. what I've seen, though, is that Williamson gets a property that he stays on too long for. That's probably true. And it's like, I feel like in short bursts, he's great. Um, he does a lot of, he's very good at the inner dialogue part of characters. Yes. And that's why when he was writing The Flash, like that was perfect because most of The Flash is Barry in his own head. And that's why I loved Williamson's run on all of that. Um, on Batman, it felt weird. But this feels like it's back to where it kind of belongs because now instead of living in Superman's head, I feel like we're more living in Lex's head. And that's interesting. Or at least I want to I want to I want to see how that's going to play out. Well, who would have thought that Zdarsky wouldn't have been an organic voice for Batman? Also true. <laughs> like, I mean, if there's anybody that should just be like, oh, this is a cakewalk, it should be Zdarsky. But no. And here we are. And here we are. <laughs> so, but I also, hmm? I, I will say too that, like, looking at the retrospect of knowing we're heading into the dawn of DC thing, literally, yep. they gave DC took the character, cut the brake line, broke the steering, and th- with a car pointed towards a cliff, and then <laughs> threw Zadarsky in at the last second, said, "Drive while you got it." Fix it, fix it, fix it. <laughs> they wasn't even fixing it. They knew they were rebooting it. They're like, listen, yeah. you're going to crash in like mm, 12 issues. Drive it while you can. Have fun. <laughs> and I don't even think Batman was that broken at that point. No, it wasn't, to be fair. To be fair. Um, to be fair. Um, Junkyard Joe. Numero six. Have all of these issues been on your pools? No, because Todd actually had mentioned like one through three. And then that's when I started reading it. And then they were all on my books. Um, so yeah, the first arc, cause image historically does things in six issue arcs. And that means this story has wrapped up its first little bit of the semi-autonomous robot that goes looking for its friend. Um, and the bad people that want to get him back show up. And then Homeland Security shows up because that's a thing. So different government agencies are battling one another. But at the end of the day, it's Christmas and Robot's going to stay with his his friend from Vietnam and everything is great. 
and this book's going to go on hiatus for at least three months is my guess because oh, that's how Im- that's how image do um but it was really good um one thing i noticed this time around that i probably just didn't notice in stuff previously but specifically i'm looking for the graphic because i know it's in here um i missed something or they finally explained it this time around that what's going on in images little universe here where the heck is it i'm gonna miss it oh well there it is is there's a little badge at the bottom of it that says the unnamed and i suddenly realized what i think they were trying to build up for us and maybe they said this in the beginning and i just missed it so guess what you're now along with us is this is actually part of multiple other image stories that are have been told or about to be told uh including geiger okay yeah, so these are all part of the same universe. Um, and basically what they're saying is throughout history, unlikely and strange heroes have risen and fallen. These men and women are a mystery, their identities and lives a secret. But for a great evil to be stopped, their stories must be told. From a radioactive family man in the near future to British assassin during the American Revolution to a robotic killing machine seeking its creator and more. Um, so basically – it looks like there's a bunch of other stories coming that are part of a somewhat conjoined universe that felt kind of disparate and random. So I don't know if I missed where they kind of pointed that out in the past or if technically when they started giving us the little unnamed badge, which was like this issue or maybe the one before. Um, yeah, notice now that technically all these guys are writing stories of these independent heroes in different time points but are part of the same universe so that's kind of cool that's cool i'm gonna pause before you jump to your next book just because i remembered a piece of comic book news i don't want to forget to say Um, break is it breaking it was on like (laughs) friday and it just might you haven't seen it um Mm. uh mortal Kombat is rebooting their games oh yes and they're doing a detailed uh well done restore retelling of mortal Kombat one um yes i did and uh but it, this comes to comic book news because they are already announcing dlc characters <laughs> um that will eventually be able to be playable two of those characters uh of noteworthy and i feel like there's a third but i don't feel like looking it up um one is homelander it's <laughs> good so you'll be able to play as homelander in mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the other out. is Peacemaker. <laughs> so you'll be able to play as Peacemaker and Homelander in the new Mortal Kombat 1 game. So carry on. All right. Um, I want to see that fight. I feel like Peacemaker and Homelander would get along. Yeah, probably. They start fighting and they just hug it out. Bro down. Um, so let's see what I've got left. What I have left is I'll do, I have a number, I have a number one in my regular poll, but I caught up on all issues of no one um, image book. And I'm about to utter a bunch of words that you have heard me say almost every new number one this season. And that it, you're starting it out and you don't know if you're going to pick it up, but you're sacrificing to read it. 
No, no. Technically, I, I read three three issues so far, and I'm still interested. Okay. But no, this is the it is a gritty noir crime procedural. Oh, that does sound <laughs> vaguely familiar. Vaguely familiar. Um, that there's all these murders going on. They are in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, and you kind of have I think he's an assistant chief. I don't think he's the chief, but he's a high ranking guy. And he is trying to figure out these murders because apparently, at least to his belief and many other people's belief, his son committed the first set in what appears to be this serial murder. But there is this masked person thing that people know as no one. So it's basically kind of got this vibe of trying to figure out who is no one. Why is he motivated to do what he does and everything? But um, so it's got that kind of image superhero-y thing, but it also is just very dense in terms of conversation and setting up background on a lot of characters. But we are three issues in and I'm you're still kind of like, but what's happening? So they're doing a really good job of, I think, I think they're building on purpose. I don't think it's lazy. I think they're going somewhere. So I'm in. So if you're into that kind of mystery, but there's also definitely going to be something around the character that is no one. Um, I think they're just trying to very creatively build up the back of it before we get basically the bandai ripped off and we understand exactly what's going on. Which leads me to my last one, which is the vigil. Uh, DC's new, I guess technically we're going to call it a team um, because the vigil is not a person. It is a group of peoples. Um, Do you read this? No, I didn't even see it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, So it's part of the Donna DC thing, but yeah, it's basically, it's not a justice league. It's not, but you're introduced to new hero type characters, but basically their job is to, um, what they what they allude to is that they go find certain pieces of like super villainy tech, find it, destroy it, catalog it so that they know they can kind of be part of this government agency that knows who's creating bad stuff, what the bad stuff is supposed to do, and then it gets destroyed by them. Um, and you're given kind of this look at these new superheroes that have a cross section of certain abilities, but it's not wildcats, but it definitely kind of feels like it in some ways, but it's kind of neat. Cause like this one dude basically has the ability, he wears a mask, but it's either nanites or something else, but he can take his mask off, scan a face and put it back on and become that person. Hmm. Yeah. So it's like, that's dope. Um, and they just are slowly introducing you to like, there's another person that's kind of like a flash character, but it's more so they explain that her molecules are literally vibrating at, you know, 10 times normal. So it's not so much that she's fast. It's that you literally can't perceive. Um, and so they do some cool stuff with it. Like that's a two spade splash of her disassembling a firearm in a dude's hand. Nice. Yeah, it's like, so I'm like, okay, it's like, not only is that like a cool ability, it's like you've made some cool art choices and how you're going to use that and, and show it. So I don't know. Um, The introduction of the team was good. You, you definitely get introduced to the fact that, you know, something with shady, shady, something, something government um, is going on, but that's kind of baked into part of the story and 
So this is like all new, all fresh DC. Mm. Yeah, absolutely missed it. So, boom. You are listening to The Pull List Podcast with Chris Fourier and Hector Mira. We here at LTN Radio know that not everybody is nerdy in the same ways. You might find yourself in a situation where you hear a word or phrase that you've never seen before and have no idea what it means. Well, have no fear. We're here to help. Today's term is vibranium. Now, of course, you might recognize the name of this fictitious metal from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, making up Cap Shield, Winter Soldier's latest arm, Black Panther's suit, and I'm pretty sure it's half of Vision. But here's a little bit of history on the rare metallic ore. Theorized to have been first deposited on Earth by a meteorite a million years ago, the material has long been hypothesized to be extraterrestrial in origin. Captain Marvel inadvertently proved this theory to be true during a scuffle between survivors of the Builder's attack and the Spartex Empire, who had relocated them to Torfa, where the latter had begun poisoning the planet and the refugee population by using an unsafe technique to secretly mine vibranium for use in rebuilding their fleets. However, although vibranium was once mined on a number of planets, all those mines have apparently been exhausted. As a result, aside from the planets of Earth and Torfa, there are no known stores of vibranium left in the Milky Way. There are said to be five different types of vibranium on Earth, and the most well-known is Wakandan. I'm Radio Mad, and I hope I've made your life just a little bit nerdier. You are listening to The Pull List Podcast with Chris Fourier and Hector Mira. Where are you leaving the people with the number one for the summer? Um, surprise, surprise. Um, I'm going Titans. Nah. Um, did you read it? Yep. Didn't like it? Nope. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> so I want to hear. I want to hear your version first before I. I do the thing because part of it is I probably don't care enough about the Titans. Um, but it's a number one, and it was a you know, reintroduction to Titans in the current continuity. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a go. I feel like you need to have read Nightwing to care. Cause I don't think I would have cared. Okay. Had not. That may be fair because it's the fact they're setting up the Titans tower in Bloodhaven is the aftermath right, right. of something from the Nightwing story. Um, I absolutely didn't care about Garth in this cause that character has always been lame to me. Um, <laughs> wait. And I mean, maybe that's the thing wait, is, is it Gar- yeah. Garth, not, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gar, yeah. not Gar, not, Beast Boy. Oh, the other one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. The Aqua Kid. Um, Aqua Kid. Yep. Or whatever he's actually called. Yeah. Tempest. I was like, yeah. I was like, which one are you? We're down the we're down the range a bit. You're not Aqua Lad. What kids? Yeah. Um, I enjoyed Beast Boy and Raven's relationship in this. Um Yeah, that wasn't bad. Yeah. I'll give you that. Uh, that was, you know, nice. Um and you know, them going full kaiju destroying a yeah, whatever. Um, I just actually really enjoyed uh, Peacemaker pooping in Dick's cornflakes, and <laughs> um, and the Nightwing versus Peacemaker beef because like I enjoyed that, like because okay. that's I felt like I enjoyed that dynamic, and I don't feel like that's something we've really gotten before. Um, like in terms of uh story relationals. I don't think we've had one where Nightwing and Peacemaker have even spoken that I'm fully aware of. Um previously. And so I enjoyed that. Um I'd rather just be reading Nightwing, but I'm not mad at this. 
And then them solving a air quotes murder is also a fun and interesting thing. Uh, this made my list because I needed number one, and this is leaps and bounds better than Batman Brave and the Bold number one. <laughs> and this is leaps and bounds better than uh, Green Lantern number one, um, which I didn't even realize they had started Green Lantern over. Did you read Green Lantern? No, I didn't. There were a couple I missed because there were a lot this week. So it was like, I got Rick rolled into and I lovingly Rick rolled into buying Green Lantern number one because they were selling the old plastic Green Lantern rings that they did back in Blackest Night at the front of the shop. I was like, "Ooh, they're a dollar. I'll take one. I was like, <laughs> why not buy a Green Lantern ring for a dollar? And they're like, oh, if you get one free, if you buy a Green Lantern number one, I'm like, but that's five dollars and this is a dollar. And then at that point in time, they had already brought the book up to the register for me. And I'm like, thanks. Um but basically Hal has been quarantined and banned to earth and he's not allowed to go green lantern. He's not, he doesn't have access to a lantern. And so there's that story. Um, and also Sinestro is wearing a hoodie, sitting in a bar, just watching things happen. That's the whole story. Um, it was not. So out of the three number ones, I read this two week bubble Titans was the best go. That's fair. Um, So the only thing that I wanted to go back and revisit is the other thing that was really kind of funny in the visual is I sent you the picture of it, but um, there's literally this moment where there's a bunch of generals sitting at a thing and they're, they're talking about stuff and the little dudes are like, Oh, but the Americans have these kite themed (laughs) superheroes. What do we do? And the other guy sitting in the corner just goes, hell yeah. (laughs) Uh, So to wrap Everything up then, my final uh, number one is Arcade Kings Um, from Image. And I don't know how to explain this book, (laughs) Um, but it's very, you know, like Street Fighter slash anime type art. It's really cool. There's like this dude that is like really good at fighters and people like challenge him and everything. But. He's also being hunted in real life by people to get punched in the face. Um, And it's kind of unfolding that part of the story as much as it is that people like come and put their quarters down literally to challenge him to punch him in virtual space. Um, So I'm going to keep reading just because I want to see where that goes. But it's just got it's just a really cool looking book. It's it's really kind of light on some of the story at the moment, but I think it's currently unfolding. You know, at least this much that the dad of the main character like was like he basically was the world's number one superhero. Sound familiar? Um, <laughs> similar yet legally distinct. Um, and he retired and everything, but there's still some stuff going on there. But I guess it's family bad blood is kind of the best way to explain what's going on there, and. So, yeah, um, I think it's going to be interesting to say the least, but at least at the moment, that was a seven ninety nine issue. Number one, I don't know if all of them are going to be because it literally is like you can even see on the video like that's thicker than usual. Um, I think it's about <laughs> it's a double length um, book. So we'll see if it comes out every other month at you know, kind of the more content or not, but that's kind of what I got for the number of the Unos. So do, do you have any parting words for until, you know, like I said, we're about to go on 
our, our summer break here. And we just want to thank you guys for putting up with us. I mean, listening to us and being such wonderful listeners. A um, couple things. I just last week did a podcast with Louis Serrano, the guy who did the Samson comic and graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't plug my podcast stuff a lot here or anything like that, but just say uh, we had a good conversation about what makes good comic art, especially in the Chris- Christian world. Mm. Um, so that was a good conversation, not just plugging his book or anything, but like the conversation about what makes good content in terms of Christian comics um, was a good conversation. So that was fun. I uh, also, by the time you listen to and watch this, will have just published a new devotional that is uh, 101 mini geeky devotionals that were originally the LTN uh, radio love or faith and fandom 180 spots. It's nice. called a uh, faith and fandom bite size. That'll be out and you should check it out. You should definitely, definitely do that. Matt Coker, who uh, is our, uh, you know, just engineer of all things good. He also does the uh, forward for it. So there you go. Nice. Well, I think that means that's it for us here at the Polis Podcast. Episode 87 is now in the books and now in your ears and your eyeballs because we've been doing all them YouTubes this season. So we'll be seeing more of that when we return after the break. Uh, And as many of you know, we do not take this journey alone. As Hector just mentioned, we've got some friends over there at Love Thy Nerd. So we hang out on the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. So be sure to visit lovethynerd.com for articles, more shows, and just all kinds of other nerdy stuff. So Maybe you find something new uh, to listen to or to watch by hanging out over there. But seriously, Hector and I do want to thank you for listening to us. Um, we're just two nerds that sat down and said, we're going to do a podcast. And here we are. Um, oh, no, Ted's down. Um, it's OK, I believe um, he gets back up. He gets back up. It's all fine. Uh, but yeah. Thanks for allowing us to be here and to share some of our knowledge with you and hang out and talk about nerdy stuffs. We're looking forward to being back in the fall. So, you know, give us them five star reviews, baby. Rate review the show on your favorite podcasting episode um, episode app of choice. Uh, we're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, so many more. We're probably in all the places because we're worldwide. We're, we're talented like Internationally that. Known, Internationally known. Internationally known. Boom. Uh, so thanks for listening, honestly. And remember, kids, read, read more, more comics. comics. We're going to take all seven continents of the game of risk.